Yes, yes. Okay, we're going to go ahead and get started. We're going ahead and get started right now. I'm not going to hold you any longer. Let's go ahead and get this done. All right? Y'all come on. So listen. So on yesterday, I gave y'all the introduction of what to expect um on what to expect uh here for um God's design for building your marriage. Amen. And so I gave you all some homework on last night and you were to read Genesis chapter 2, 18 through 25. And I know, um, I know y'all were like, uh, really? Yeah. 
unfortunately I did. I was <laughs> in it today and was like, let me read my homework. <laughs> listen, 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 listen. Hey, Minister Curl, good to see you on here. Listen, Khadijah, I promise you, I promise you, in these next eight weeks, you want to see a total change, a total difference. I promise you. I guarantee it to you. No, I need you to get some water. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Talking to my godson, y'all. Okay, so we're going to go right into this lesson. Um, I prayed yesterday. My only prayer today is, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart to be acceptable unto thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And that I pray that every woman that's on here tonight will be blessed, will be encouraged, and will receive something not from me, but from the Lord. Amen. And that your love will grow deeper and deeper where it needs to be so that you can be the wife that God had created you to be. Somebody ought to say, let me put this in here. Let me, let me put this in here. Somebody ought to say, I am God's greatest. I am God's greatest design. Boom. I want you to say that to yourselves. I am God's greatest design. Amen. I am God's greatest design because he designed you. He created you. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and move forward. Lesson one today. Um, wisdom from the word. You had homework. You were to read Genesis chapter 2, 18 through 25. Um, let me put that in my comments here 18 through 25 um and that's there you have to believe it for yourself okay there genesis 2 18 to 25 and it reads i'm gonna go ahead and read it first and then we're gonna go right into the the lesson so um in this particular passage of scripture eve is created eve is created and i want you to say to yourself Say your name. Serena is created. Khadijah is created. Carol is created. Amen. Uh, Rachel is created. You have to know from this day forward in the next eight weeks concerning God's design for your marriage. Make it personal. Make it personal. Instead of and, and we know that in this particular passage of scripture. Eve is created. So on today, you are created. And God is recreating you into his original design. And it reads, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. Listen, some of you don't know what a help meet is. Some of you don't understand the purpose of you being the woman in the man's life. Some of you don't understand the concept of when you became a wife, you became the helpmeet for your husband. It's not good for a man to be alone. Um, when Adam was um, given charge over the garden, he was given charge over the animals. He was given charge over the fowls of the air. He was given charge. 
And so when Adam began to look around and realize that the bears had a mate, the fowls of the air had a mate, every creeping thing had a mate. But as Adam began to look around, he, I can only imagine in his heart, he was feeling lonely. He was feeling like he didn't have anybody to talk to. He was feeling like there was no connection for him. So God created a woman for Adam. I help me. Amen. So verse 19 says, and out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle, and to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found an helpmeet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs, and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of the man. 24 says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. I, I, I love this because if you, if your Bible, if it's like mine, you would look in the word woman, and the W is capitalized. That means that's an important word. That W is capitalized. You are the woman that God has created for a man so that the man would not be alone. So if we were created to be the helpmeet, then we must ask ourselves, are we being an helpmeet or are we hindering the meat? I like that. Can I say that again? Are we being the helpmeet or are we hindering the meat? And, and see, you know, you can look at that in so many ways. It's wherever your mind decides to travel or wonder, it's fine. Because I'm going to say that one more time. Are we as the woman, the wife, being a helpmeet for a husband or are we being a hindrance? to the meat amen so i like that so what you need to understand is that god god's creative work was not complete until he made woman he could have made her from the dust of the ground as he made man he chose however to make her from the man's flesh and bone in so doing he illustrated for us that in marriage, man and woman symbolically become one flesh, one. Amen? This is a mystical union of the couple's hearts and lives. 
So throughout the Bible, God treats this special union seriously. And what some of you have to understand is that God, God literally, literally, literally takes marriages very seriously. Yes, both. And I, and we, we, we are. We are help me. Sometimes we can be a help me and sometimes we can be a hindrance. That That's true. And this is why we're working on ourselves so that we can be who God created us to be in spite of what the man does. And that's what Kay told us in the beginning in our introductory on yesterday. And I would like to go ahead and, 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 and say it again. This study was written for women, not for couples. As I looked for a study on marriage, I found that almost all of them were written for men and women. In your homework, and I'm, I'm going to read this again. In your homework, you will read some verses for husbands, but we will not study them. God expects us as women to obey his word for us, regardless of whether our husbands obey. So it's not a, so, so, so let's just say in the next eight weeks, it's about us. It's about us as women. It's about us as wives because God created us for a purpose, for his plan, and he wants us to be the wife that he created us to be. He wants us to be the helpmeet that he created us to be. But God knew, he knew that it would be the hardest thing, literally. He knew, he knew. Why did he know that? Because sin entered into the garden. And where it reads in 25, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. They were not ashamed of their nakedness. They saw themselves as purity. They saw themselves as love. They saw themselves as comfort for one another. They saw themselves in the eyes where, where they were God wanted them to see and when we and now today in this society we're now not we're not looking at our husband as a desire that they're in our life we're uh, uh we're not looking at them um with love in our eyes for some of us we're looking at them at with vengeance for some of the for some of us we're looking at them as as as, as resentment bitterness um 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 uh, anger um, malice, strife, contention, um, just all, just, just anything that we no longer see them that we saw them when we first married them. We no longer see them as when we first saw them, dated them, and now that we're married and we're not understanding why it has shifted. And that, and that, has God want us to see each other? That's right. God want us when God, God wants us to see each other in our nakedness without being ashamed, without being embarrassed, without being um, um, angry with one another, without being resentful for one another, without being bitterness with, another, with, 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 with one another. He wants us to see them as he saw them in the beginning. Amen. And so what we have to continue to understand is that if you are married or planning to be married, are you willing to keep the commitment which makes the two of you one. Now I'm gonna write that question. That's the question that I am gonna write. Are you willing? Are you willing to keep the commitment? I almost I was away. 
Are you willing to keep the commitment? Which makes you both which makes the two of you one now if you answer this question are you willing to keep the commitment which makes the two of you one are you willing to do that because the goal in marriage should be more than friendship it should be oneness you know that's a great you know minister carol that's 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 good yeah at first until we find out each other's character but love but love when you love your spouse in spite of their character in spite of their integrity love should cover the multitude of sin love should cover the multitude of fault love should cover the multitude of mistakes but what happens is we have to ask ourselves do we love them enough in spite of how they made us feel do we love them enough in spite of how we feel and see that's that's the thing if we are one then we're going to do that but we're if we're, if we're married and we're living separate lives it's not gonna happen it's not gonna work it's just not so listen God styles and equips men and women for various tasks, but all lead to the same goal, honoring God. Man gives life to woman, woman gives life to the world. Each role carries exclusive privileges. There is no room for thinking that one sex is superior to the other. And, and that is so and that is so the key. When we look at Ephesians, thank you, Holy Spirit. Let me go to Ephesians right quick. When we look at Ephesians chapter 5. Y'all should have your Bibles. And I didn't say that in the beginning. I apologize. You need your Bibles. You need your pens and your paper. Listen. Ephesians 5 and 21 says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. We are called to submit ourselves one to another in the fear of God. But you have some of those men. You got to listen to me. You got to obey me. You got to do what I say do. No, 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 bro, man. No, not necessarily entirely, literally. That is what that scripture is talking about. Wives are to submit to their own husbands. Wives are to love their own husbands. But as wives and husbands, we are to submit one to another in the fear of God. That's right. We both need to fear God. That's right. But in this society, to be honest, nobody is fearing god i remember when i first started going to church i i could see a difference then and i can see a difference today nobody fears god like they used to I, me personally i would be afraid i've experienced god for myself i've had my own I, listen i'm like paul on the road to damascus jesus did the same thing to me literally and he changed my name ephesians i'm sorry let me write that down Ephesians 5 and 21. Ephesians 5 and 21. And what we have to understand is sometimes, let me put that up there. Ephesians 5 and 21. We are to submit one to another in the fear of God. Both of us, the husband and the wife, 
should be fearing God. So it, I, it doesn't matter what, if my husband don't fear God, I need to fear God. I need to be afraid of what God will do to me if I'm not lining up with the word of God. Forget about what you got going on, but I can let him know, look at here, bruh. We in this together. We ain't, we, you not you, me, me, I'm not me. We together. We in this thing together. We're no, when we, when we said I do, we became one, one flesh. There's a one, one flesh, one sound, one band. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I started out there. It's a line from Drumline. But I'm just saying, we're one. We ought to be walking on the same beat. We ought to be walking on the same page. We ought to be walking the same talk. We ought to be acting the same way. We ought to be serving the same God. We ought to be obeying the same God, fearing the same God. This is what God called us to do. So this this lesson that Kay Dago decided to do for women, because a lot of times women don't know they roll. Yeah, you put your pants on just like your husband put his pants on. Yeah, you hear from God just like your husband hear from God. Yeah, you know how to preach like your husband may know how to preach. Yeah, you may you may know how to sing because your husband know how to sing. Yeah, you may know how to write a book because your husband wrote a book. Yeah, you know how to take care of your kids because your husband take care of the kids. But at the end of the day, we are still held accountable as individuals for what we do for God. But also, when we are that spouse, we ought to be encouraging our, our, our other spouses to do what is necessary. And, and I can't wait to start, I can't wait for Bishop, Bishop and I, because we're gonna teach that. The, the, the hypocrisy of marriage and ministry. Oh, it's gonna bless you. And it starts August the 30th. That's right, it's all about God. They know this before they said, that's right. That's right. And I thought about redoing a teaching. I know who before I say I do. Because so many times we feel, we, and I said it to somebody earlier, we think we can change them. We can't change them just as well as they can't change us. We must change ourselves for God. And God will do the rest. You work on you, God work on them. And then God works on us together as marriages. Amen. So I want to get to this book. So let me finish. Let me hurry and walk, walk through this thing. So know this. God gave marriage as a gift to Adam and Eve. They were created perfect for each other. Marriage was not just for convenience, nor was it brought about by any culture. It was instituted by God and has three basic aspects. And I want y'all to write these aspects down because I want y'all to write these down. I'm going to write them in here. The first one is the first the first aspect one is the man leaves his parents the man leaves his parents the man leaves his parents two two the man and the woman the man and the woman are joined together by taking responsibility uh, By taking responsibility for 
H. Others. Welfare. And by loving the mate. Well, let me just say the spouse. The spouse. The spouse above all others. That's two. And three. And three. The two become one flesh. In the intimacy and commitment of sexual union. Okay, now I'm going to give one, one. The man leaves his parents. Two, the man and the woman are joined together by taking responsibility for each other's welfare and by loving the spouse above all others. And three, the two become one flesh in the intimacy and commitment of sexual union. Right? So what you have to understand is that when the man leaves his parents and in a public act, promises himself to his wife so when you stand and you and you're giving your vows to one another you're saying um i take my lawfully wedded husband or i take my lawfully wedded wife to have and to hold from this day forward so in matthew chapter 19 it tells us that um the man is to leave his mother and his father and cleave to his wife in another um, version of, um, in another version, it says that the husband and the wife leave their parents, and they connect to one another. And we're going to get into that, and we're going to express why here soon. So, with that being said, you have to understand that the sexual union reserves the marriage. And I know some of y'all were like, "How is that possible?" Because when you become when you become one in in the, in cultural times when um, they were um, committed to one another, the reason why they weren't told to marry I mean to have sex until they were married is because when you had sex it consummated the marriage it it, it caused you to be one a union. And so that's why God didn't want us out here having sex with everybody because we were leaving our spirit open for all of these spirits to come in and just do the most. Right. Not just physically, but mentally too. That's right. Because they can physically leave, but their heart and mind still there. Right. And we're, oh, and mm, you're so right. And we're going to get into that right here in this, in the lesson one. Um, but I got to finish this part right here before we go into that. But you're right because you can't just be financially tied you can't be um uh um 
legally tied you got to be emotionally tied you got to be physically tied and you got to be spiritually tied you got to be one if they learn to be humble it will work out that's right and humility and if, if we would just you if we would just use the spirit of humility we would be so but see the woman don't want to the woman don't want to humble the man don't want to humble the woman won't humble because of the man won't humble the man won't humble because the woman won't humble and god is calling us wives to humble to have the spirit of humility in spite of what the husband is doing and Kay is trying to teach us how we can how we can um how god can design how god can redesign and build our marriage so here's a question verse 25 says and they were both naked the man and his wife and were not ashamed here's a question have you ever noticed how a little child can run naked through a room full of strangers without embarrassment he is not aware of his nakedness just as Adam and Eve were not embarrassed in their innocence but after Adam and Eve sinned embarrassment shame and awkwardness follow creating barriers between themselves and God we often experience these same barriers in marriage ideally a husband and wife have no barriers feeling no shame exposing themselves to each other or to God like Adam and Eve in chapter 3 and verse 7 we put on fig leaves the barriers Lord help me in this place because we have areas we don't want our spouse or we don't want God or we don't want others to know about so then we hid ourselves so just as Adam and Eve hid from God you have to understand that in marriage you will lack spiritual you will lack emotional and you will lack intellectual intimacy usually because of the barriers of a breakdown because of physical intimacy there's no barriers and with physical intimacy you need a barrier to where you're not ashamed and you're not embarrassed concerning your spouse you should always be able to be naked before your spouse you should always be able to have a conversation with your spouse whether they want to listen or whether they don't want to listen in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 it tells us there's a time to speak and there's a time to hush there's a time to embrace and there's a time to let go from embracing but what happens is we get so caught up with our own selves we get so caught up with our own emotions and our feelings and we just go with it we don't realize that we're, we're not just exposing ourselves but we're exposing our spouse and when we do that we're doing it to our parents we're doing it to our friends we're doing it to our neighbors we're doing it to the people in the house of God because we are called to cover one another we are called to cover our husbands we are called to cover our wives we are called to cover one another but we should never cover ourselves concerning one another we should always be free and to be naked before one another in spite of the embarrassment in, in spite of the shame in spite of the flaws and the mistakes but what happens is 
we get so intimidated and we get so angry and we become so bitter and we become so just uh and you don't and you're gonna find yourself not loving them like you did in the beginning you're gonna find yourself not wanting to be intimate like you were in the beginning you're gonna find yourself uncovering them so much more than it was in the beginning because think about it thank you holy spirit thank you holy spirit think about it we know who our husbands are before we marry them but we never talk about it we don't we don't bring it to our parents we don't bring it to our friends we don't talk about their flaws and their issues but we do it after we get married so then people begin to ask well did you know this before you got married well yeah but i didn't say anything because i just assumed it would change so now you find yourself in this place and now you want people to look at them the way you want them to look at them now you want people to see their nakedness and no one is supposed to see their nakedness but you lord have mercy oh i gotta pull back listen what you have to understand is that in the same way when we fail to expose our secret thoughts to god we shut down our lines of communication with him we stop talking to God and we start talking to everybody else. Right. And it's not about just sex, but it's about everything in the marriage. So what we have to understand is, and I like this right here and I need to put this on the screen. If they, if they learn to be humble, it won't work out. And then this one right here. That's the one. I won't humble because he won't. And here's the thing. And then I wish I would have saw this um, before before I went in here. Because here I want to speak to that. And you're not alone. You're not alone in that statement. I won't humble because he won't. You're not alone in that. I did that. Well, if he doesn't do it, I ain't finna do it. If he do it, I'll do it. And it's 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 tick for tack. And you can't do that. That's retaliation. And oh Lord, Romans 12. Let's go to Romans 12 and then we're going to go right into the lesson. Lord have mercy. Romans 12. Let's go to Romans 12. Romans 12. And I'm going to start at the 10th verse. Listen. Listen, Romans 12, Romans 12, I hope y'all have your Bibles, we all been there, that's right, listen, Romans, I'll put this up here, Romans 12, and I'm going to tell y'all why, this is why, this is not good for us, but I'm going to start, I'm going to read from 10, and I'm going to go down to, um, I'm going to read down to, mm, do I want to stop at 19? No, I'm a, I'm a 21. I'm going to read down to 21. I'm going to put it on the screen. I'm going to put it on the screen right here. Right here, Romans 12, 10 and 21. And this is why it's not good for us to do this. And I'm going to start, well, let me go back to 9. Let me go up to 9. It says, Romans 12 and 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. Not slowful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, 
rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, giving to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but associate to men of low position. Be not wise in your own conceits. 17 says, Recompense, recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. And I love verse 18. If it be possible. I can't say this enough. If it be possible. As much as that continues to lie in you. Live peaceably with all men. Not just with your sister. Not just with your parents. Not just with your brother. Not just with the people in the church. With all men. That's including your wife and your husband. If much as possible that lieth in you, be peacefully. 19 says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. The Lord will repay. The Lord will take vengeance. But you can't, but you got to leave him without an excuse. God is saying, I will do this for you, but look at what you did. I will, I will speak to that, but look at what you said. I can move in that area, but look what you took out of the way. I can do this, but look at what you've done. James 4, 7, 8 says, draw nigh to God, and God will draw nigh to you. But prior, he says, submit yourself, submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You not resist the devil and he will flee from your daddy, flee from your wife, flee from your husband. No, resist the devil and he will flee from you. When you feel that tick for tack spirit rising up, resist it. When you feel like you're about to bring vengeance, resist it. When you feel like you're about to be nasty, resist it from you. So that you will submit you the only way, but see, the only way that you will resist if you humble to God. If you're using humility. Right. Listen. Verse 20 and 21 says this. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, you shall heap coals of fire on his head. 21 is my favorite. <laughs> that difference, that is strong. You better say that, honey. Because you ain't never lied. Yes. That tick for time is, 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 I've been there. Honey, I did it. Shh. Listen, my Aunt Curl is on here. She can tell you. Verse 21 is the, my favorite, 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 favorite. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Jesus said to the disciples when they just kept falling asleep, I know your spirit is indeed willing, but your flesh is weak. Jesus knows we want to do right. Jesus knows we, 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 we get tired. Jesus knows that it's hard. He knows. God knows every number of hair that is on our head. He knows us like the back of his hand. Why? Because he created us. Before he formed us in the womb, he knew us. 
So therefore, he knows what we're going to do. He knows we're going to be good. He knows we're going to be bad. He knows we're gonna, when we're going to be petty. He knows we're going to do tit for tat. He knows. But if we would just humble ourselves and be honest with ourselves to God and say, God, <laughs> I, I know that this is wrong and I, and I don't want to do this. But God, if you don't show up now, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to cuss him out. I'm going to throw him. Listen, thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to share this testimony and we're going to the lesson. Listen, my husband and I got into it real bad one day. This is within our 10 years of marriage. And I was one. I was ready to leave. I just was walking out the house and I was, I, was, I was leaving. And he was trying to stop me from leaving. And he would not get from behind my car. And he was like, I'm not moving. He said, you have to hit me. I put the car in reverse. I hit that gas. And boop. Hit him with my car. <laughs> he moved. So, hear me when I say. They can make you that angry to where you want to hurt them. For husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. That's right. Amen. So what you have to understand is I can tell I can tell y'all some stuff. Nice. <laughs> Listen, I can tell y'all some stuff that will blow your minds. I was the aggressor in my marriage. I was the one that majority, when my husband would go hard, I'd go harder. If he would give me some words, I'd give him 50,000 words. Literally. So, when I say that, hell yes, I was a hell raiser. I was a rebellion hellion. <laughs> I'm just saying. Because I wasn't taught how to be a wife. I wasn't taught how to be a Christian wife. I wasn't taught those things. And so many people think it's it's natural. You're, you're just you just know the devil is a lie. You don't just know. And yeah, and sometimes your husband will cause you to be mean. But that's still no excuse. And we can't keep justifying why we are mean to our husbands. We can't keep justifying while we're while we're not doing what a wife is supposed to do. He, we can't keep justifying it. We gotta. What did I say earlier? What did I say? Let me see. Let me go back up here. What was number? What was number three? What was number three? What did I say? Uh, no, number two. What was number two? Number two. The man and the woman are joined together by taking responsibility for each other's welfare and by loving the spouse above all others. We must take responsibility. We have to take responsibility. And so many times we won't take responsibility for our actions. And when I had my encounter like Paul on the road of Damascus, I had to take responsibility for my actions. Because a lot of that stuff would have been avoided if I would have just known. And now that I do know, I try my best to do my best by my best. Amen. So, with all of that being said, that's why we wind up shutting down our communication. That's right. We must change. So, now, here we are in our lesson one, and we've read Genesis 2 and 24. So, let me get you to understand God's design. And if we don't get through all the questions, 
that are here again like i said we'll carry it on for tomorrow understanding god's design even before the first man and woman sinned god established marriage it is not a prison establishment by culture but a beautiful institution created by god for the best in family and society the first home was perfect without argument without selfishness without hostility in order to understand the basic principles of marriage we must go back to the beginning before sin marred God's perfect plan God is the author of marriage so often we seek answers to our marriage problems from the world why do we do that I don't know but we do we not only seek marriage problems from the world we seek it from psychologists we seek it from secular family counselors friends or even the Oprah Winfrey show <laughs> instead of from the only one who knows where have you sought help for your marriage have you been guilty of thinking that people know more than God yeah but there's a scripture that I want to read to you that the Word of God tells us that um, it's okay to seek wisdom and instruction or wise counsel Proverbs 15 and 22 says without counsel purposes are disappointed but in the multitude of counselors they are established what do I mean by that there's nothing wrong going to seek help there's nothing wrong with going to seek advice there's nothing wrong with going to seek someone for wisdom knowledge and understanding that's not going to be biased that's not going to be partial that's not going to be um one-sided that's not going to be open-minded but you cannot go to people who are not married for marriage advice you cannot go to somebody that's been married five times for marriage advice you cannot go to people who don't even have a solid relationship that you just can't you're not going to get what you need all you're going to get is confusion all you're going to get is i don't know why you put up with that i don't know why you're still there I don't know why this and I don't know why that if I was you I wouldn't put up with that if I was you I would just leave have you thought about divorce have you thought about this have you thought about that let me add them I get them told I do this you don't need all of that negativity coming towards your home no you do not you have to if you're if you have leaders now let me talk to those who have leaders if you go to if you go to the house of God for worship and you have leaders they should be able to give you the word of god they should listen to you they should be able to understand you they should be able to hear you they should be able to listen to you but they should never tell you you should get a divorce that's not the word of god god would never say get a divorce he would give you peace about your decision concerning divorce but he the word tells us that when you get married the next time let it be a believer 
that you're on this that they're on the same page that they are one with you you have to listen now today in this society you have to make sure that jesus christ have to come down and sit next to you to tell me this or to tell me that right listen so so let me just go ahead and put that out there right listen okay where have you sought help for your marriage have you been guilty of thinking that people know more than God I, I went I was going to a scripture oh I just did it okay why have we as a culture discarded God's principles I think it is because we think we know better than God whose book is outdated as a result our society has not improved, but our homes, even in the church, are falling apart. Now, and I said this on yesterday. I decided to teach this because so many marriages are going through. Our homes are falling apart. We don't know if we're coming. We don't know if we're going. So much is happening. And yes, we would, want, we would rather take the high road and get the stepping. We'd rather throw in that towel and just be done with it. That's right. Must pray together and all and everything. That's exactly right. And sometimes I feel like if the if the if the if the husband and the wife is not praying together, you're not on one accord anyway. And how can you be on one accord if you're not one? If you're not walking in oneness. This week we begin our adventure of discovering what God says about his plan. For marriage not my plan not your plan but God's plan as you read the scriptures take the time to write down your responses to the questions give you a right I definitely understand at the end of the lesson you will consider how this week's principle can affect your life so we all read we all, we all should have read Genesis 18 and 25, and then I just read it as well. But you are to read this for yourselves, not me reading it to you, but you are to be studying as well at home. This is the beautiful account of God's creation of marriage. God could have chosen to make the man and the woman at the same time, but he put the man in a position to value the woman after having a good look at the animals the man could see there was no one to whom he could relate from among the creatures imagine his excitement to see the match made in heaven just for him although there are fundamental physical differences in men and women God designed those differences to enhance our relationships and bring us together rather than apart have you ever have y'all ever heard the saying um, they, uh, opposites attract have y'all heard that opposites attract and you'd be like wow I, I for one am a living testimony my husband wasn't my type not my cup of tea I, I, I would you know I dated white men or they were yellow but never ever black I'm just saying, it's not, no, so, 
I was just like, let me just go ahead and just break him up a little something, something, and just send him on his way. That was my plan. But apparently, God had something else in store. And even though we are opposite, we're made for one another. We we are made for one another. Honey, my husband was 30 years older. <laughs> That's right, Mr. Curl, he was. But you loved him and he loved you. And that wasn't your plan. That was God's plan. Amen. Amen. So in this context, God sets out the first principle we need to consider. Oneness. What do we need to consider? What do we need to consider? What do we need to consider? Yes, Jacob, what do you need? Okay, so now drink out the fridge. Have some water. <laughs> about to break him off so here's the question what do we need to consider oneness that is what we need to consider that's right Kiana not broke him off something something is <laughs> I'm just saying that's just what it was I yo, you heard my testimony playing that before I wasn't trying to be committed I wasn't trying to be committed. I wasn't trying to be faithful. I wasn't trying to be married. Just break him out, send him on his way, and move on from there. But God had other plans that we can't do without God in it. That's right. So, listen. So, Genesis 2 and 24 below. Oh, and you might want to memorize that scripture. It says memorize it has your wisdom from the word this week. So the wisdom from the word this week is Genesis 2 and 24. And you are to memorize it. So you might want to write it on a 3 by 5 card. So you can either carry it with you to review during the day. Or to place in a strategic spot where you will see it frequently during the week. Memorizing it will help you when you need to remember the principle as it applies to your life in different ways. So again, if Genesis 24 says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. So her point is you realizing that y'all are one flesh. So because y'all are one flesh, um, then what you feel is what he feels. What he feels is what you feel. And that way, you're, it's, it's about cleaving. Leaving, leaving, cleaving. When God gave me, um, um, don't leave but cleave, the Lord gave me that, um, um, feasting on love. And um, it's titled, y'all know I do my, every year, I do feasting on love marriage counseling. And, the, um, and it's don't leave but cleave. Um, because what you have to understand is um, divorce is not an option by God, but it's a choice by man. Don't leave but cleave because we would, rather, we would rather leave our spouse instead of cleaving to our spouse when we're supposed to leave our parents 
leave our siblings, leave our friends, leave our family members, and cleave to our spouse. It's not saying, well, we're, we're going to talk about that here. I don't want to repeat myself. So that's, that's, that's verse. So the first thing, the first thing you want to do, the first thing is memorize scripture Genesis 2 and 24 first thing first thing memorize scripture Genesis 2 and 24 write it down on a 3 by 5 um, index card the second thing is list from this verse three things that should characterize your marriage the three now look i want to show y'all i did my little homework too well y'all can't well there you go see i did it see my little writing y'all probably can't see it very good but once you let y'all know that I, I did my little homework too so now i don't know what um you wrote but if you want to write it in the comment section you can me and my left each other many times just to find each other again. Amen, Minister Carol. Listen, list from this verse three things that should characterize your marriage. I listed the three things that they wanted us to characterize because it says there's a hint. The first two are verbs, which is leave, cleave, and one. Those are three things. Leave, cleave, and one. Notice that all three of these relate to the oneness that God desires us to have in our marriages right we are to leave the mother we are to leave the father and we are to cleave to the one and I know that was a, the three things but I just shortened it and said leave cleave one right so in a few weeks we will consider one flesh as it applies to the marriage union sexually right now let's look more closely at the second of the three building blocks mentioned in this verse by considering the meaning of the Hebrew so it is often helpful to our understanding to go back to the meaning in the original language so we better understand what so we can better understand what God is saying how can we better understand what God is saying if we don't read his word if we don't apply it to our life if we don't use it for our marriage the word cleave in the King James Version or unites with the, okay, so in the King James Version, the word is cleave. In the New English Translation, the word is unite. So both of those words involves a bonding together, much like gluing two things. So the Hebrew word, the sentiment of the Hebrew word means to cling to, stick to, stick with joined to okay so when something breaks at our house my husband often uses super glue to bind the pieces together that's how our marriage should be that we are so bonded together that nothing and no one should come in and separate us that's scripture in matthew 19 read that so question number three is what insights does this give you about oneness with your husband what is your insight 
Yeah, I figured that was too loud. What insights does this give you about oneness with your husband? Number four, cleave carries the sense of clinging to someone in affection and loyalty. Name some ways in which a wife shows loyalty to her husband. Now I'm going to write that question because I, I want you to I want you to, to do that. Name some ways. Name some ways. In which you, the wife, shows loyalty to your husband. Now, that's a question you need to ask yourself right there, okay? Name some ways in which you, the wife, shows loyalty to your husband. Now, for me, I wrote respect, honor, listening, understanding, spending more time together, doing something that he likes to do. Right, that's a question. Think about it. Name some ways in which you, the wife, shows loyalty to your husband. Name some things. Now, if you can't think of at least one then there's a struggle in y'all's bonding. There's a struggle in y'all's oneness. There's a struggle with y'all doing things together. And so you might want to um, ask the Lord. Pray to God and ask him how you can show your husband some loyalty. Trust, praying, give them space. Amen. That's good. That's real good. That's good. Put that up there. So, um, listen to this. We need to consider what it means to cleave so that we can better understand what it means to leave. Leave involves more than distance. It is an attitude of the heart. God's plan for marriage involves oneness. In order for two to become one, they cannot still be attached to anyone else, whether it's parents or siblings or friends. They cannot cleave unless they leave their family of origin. There are women who have left their homes in distance, but not emotionally or financially. And Khadijah, this is what you were talking about earlier when you were talking about, you know, they're not being able to. Let me go back because I want to I want to. I want to say, see that right. Um, where is it that you said that? Right there. Right. Not just physically, but mentally too. That's right. We got to be able to, um, we, we literally have to be able to cling to them um, mentally, emotionally, physically spiritually that's oneness so here we have to um not we, we we move away 
but we're still connected to them emotionally or financially. What do I mean by that? Because we don't depend on our husbands for finances. We'll call our mama. We, I need some money. We'll call our daddy. I need some money. We'll call our sister, our brother. We need some money. We'll call grandparents. We need some money. No, that's not what God needed us or required us to do. We are to work together in the same household because we are one. When we get married, we are our own new family. I said that earlier here when I said um, this is why a man leaves his father and mother and unites with his wife and they become a new family. <coughs> when you say I do, you are now a new family. You are to work together. Amen. In everything that you do. That's why you leave your parents. So you're not dependent on your parents. You're now leaning to your wife. You're leaning to your husband. You're depending on one another through the word of God. God is your provider. So you allow God to provide for you all. Not keep going to your parents or, or your grandparents or anybody outside of that. <coughs> in that area. That's not God's design. Amen. So. There are women who live next door to their parents and yet have left them. That means they live next door to their parents, but they don't depend on them for sugar. They don't depend on them for eggs. They don't depend on them for milk. They don't depend on them for money. They don't depend on them for their. There were neighbors, but I'm sure they'll help one another, but they don't depend on one another. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Number five, why is it impossible for a woman to cleave to or become one with a husband without leaving her family that's 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 another question that i want to write down why why is it impossible why is it impossible for a woman For a woman to cleave to or become one with her, with a, what's it, with a, with a husband without leaving her family. This is good, y'all. I know. Listen, I had I I actually I answered this one very well. Family. I need a lot to spell myself. I should put my contacts in because these glasses ain't doing me no justice. Okay, listen. I asked the question just because y'all y'all you know y'all didn't hear it, and I keep saying that because I want y'all to because I want y'all to um. I want y'all to really ask yourselves, and I hope y'all are writing this down and writing the answers down to these questions. I don't want to love that close. Ooh. <laughs> Honey, I feel you on that note between me and you. Listen, why is, I left out, is it? Why is it impossible? That is, why is it impossible for, for, for a woman? Dang. Why is it impossible for a woman to cleave to or become one with a husband without leaving her family? Now these are my answers because parents won't let go. These are my these are my answers. Lack of trust, afraid to depend on, scared to death. What do I mean by that? 
that is one of the reasons why I would hold on to my parents because of these issues right here. Because if I can't trust you and I, I'm, I don't want to depend on you and I'm scared to detach from my parents because of, of what I can't see. That's why, that's why it's impossible for me to cleave to my husband. And that, that and I'm, 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 I'm going to end this right here. And we'll finish up tomorrow. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. My husband and I struggled for the first 10 years of our marriage because I did not want to attach myself to him. I didn't want to depend on him. I wanted to make my own money. I wanted to do my own thing. I took care of my own kids. And because I had that own mentality, I didn't allow my husband to be the head of the house. I didn't allow him to take care of the finances of the house. I'm going to write this up here. It says, that ain't impossible for me because I did it. I'm trying to get physically away from them too because I live too close to my grandparents. And just because we are more family oriented don't mean we cleaving. And I get that. And I understand that as well. And that's why it, it's, it's not for all women. But it's for those women who don't know how to detach. Um, it's for those women who, it's for those women who won't, um, who won't release the breasts. It's for those women who won't release their father's pockets. It's for those women who um, have that independent um, spirit that won't just cleave to their husband. We don't cleave to our husband for lots of reasons. And these are just a few that I gave because that's where I used to be. Now, my husband pays all of our bills. And I choose to pay the light bill. I just choose to do that because I mean he pays the much. He pays our rent. He pays our car payment. He pays the car insurance. He buys the food. He puts the gas in both cars. Um, he buys me what I need. Um, he does give me money when I ask if he has it. So he does 99.99% of the provider. Of our household the only one percent is I pay the light bill because I choose to and there are women out there right and so that's what I choose to do but he is the majority the provider of our home and so here's the thing and because I learned that and I'm I'm I'm, I'm called the help meet now my husband's been on work since May and he just had surgery on yesterday and so now I'm I'm not, I'm not in a place of selfishness I'm not in a place of I work. This is my money. I'm not doing that. I'm not taking care. I'm not taking over the rent. I'm not taking taking and buying the food. Listen, first time in about, honey. Listen, I had to go to the grocery store. <laughs> listen, I had to go to the grocery store uh, Friday, and I had to I paid two hundred and sixty four dollars in groceries and cash. I was like, who? Lord, I thank you for being a provider, but uh, I uh, my I can't wait for my husband to go back and get into his position. <laughs> and so you know, but God is, but God still provides. Amen. And them is hard when you had 
the same support system all right and now you're a wife and have to learn and depend on someone else it's easier because we know this person gonna come through but are you the husband really going to come through you know what Woo! thank god for food stamps lord <laughs> listen there was a time khadijah girl food stamps was my best friend but when i had to go spend almost 300 in groceries and cash i was like oh lord have mercy whole struggle but i thank god because i was at one point i wasn't doing that if if, if he just if he couldn't do it i ain't I, but i thank god that down through the years i had to learn that he is the provider of our household yes god is jehovah jireh and he and my husband follows the principles of of the word of god there are nine in family, no stamp. God has survived, right? And so, with that being said, we have to understand that um, we have to understand that God is our provider. When we eat, we pray, Lord, I thank you for providing the food that we're about to eat. I thank you for the nourishment of our bodies. I thank you for being being the head of our lives, that you're, you're, you're making a way out of no way. We've not gone without a meal. God, I thank you that we've not gone without a meal. We've not gone without gas in our car. Lord God, I thank you that our lights are still on. Our KUB, uh, KUB is still being paid. Lord God, I thank you for the rent. Lord God, I thank you for being our main provider. Man, we paid our tithes and our offerings. We've give, we've seeded into people. Even, even now, we don't have much, but we're still blessing others. We're still we're still helping others. And it's not that we're doing it for for for, for to, to show face. No, it's because God blesses us to be a blessing. A close a close hand don't get fed. You gotta be able to open your hands to give so that God can pour that back into you. So we can't be selfish. We are one. And when you're a husband and when you're a wife, you are working together. You're you're in you're walking in unity. You're uniting together. You're being together. You're on one accord. Amen. And so tomorrow we're gonna go um tomorrow and here's your homework. I know you're like more homework. Listen, Lord Lord, that's right. Listen. Here's homework. I know I I can I can hear I can hear I can hear Khadijah's spirit. Lord, more homework. <laughs> Read Ruth one one through eighteen. Homework. Thank you, Minister Curl. Let's see. She that's why she left and she know. Homework. Homework and put it on screen. Homework. Homework. Read Ruth chapter one, one through eighteen. And we'll continue to do what we did on, on today. We'll go through this and then we'll go right into the questions. And yes, we are still on lesson one. But we will be yes, we will be maybe not. But, mm-hmm, yep, we're going to be on lesson one, I believe, yep, for this week, yeah, 
we'll be on lesson one so it looks like we might be on each lesson for uh, uh for a week so it looks like lesson one will be this week lesson two will be next week which is good because i don't want to i want to walk this through i don't want to rush it i want to walk it through because i want you all to get what you need if you're preparing to be a wife if you're or if you're already a wife you need instructions you need guidance you need you need um wisdom and understanding so i thank you all for tuning in i was prepared for it today <laughs> well good praise the lord um so so read well let me read this let me read yeah let me go ahead and read this right here let me read this please understand that this does not mean that you cannot love your family and talk to them etc however there is a point at which you are can be attached to them so strongly that you fail to leave as you should sometimes it is the parents who cannot let the child leave however notice that the verse clearly calls the child to leave not the parents to force them out the responsibility is upon you to make the break from your home you may need to help let them go or you may need to help them let go amen so god's word gives few examples of homes where the family is following his design however we do have a picture of leaving and cleaving that helps us understand the meaning it comes from the story of ruth although ruth speaks these words to her mother-in-law rather than her husband the principle is clear that is why these verses are so often quoted in wedding ceremonies so the mama's boys Ooh, honey listen i can tell you about that but i'm my but my mother-in-law sister is on this live <laughs> <laughs> That's why she said LOL. Because <laughs> she knows. <laughs> Lord have mercy. But I thank God for deliverance. <laughs> I thank God for deliverance. And I can talk more about that. That's why I love when I when we went right here with this homework. I said, oh, this is going to be good. But yes, ma'am. I've experienced it for myself. And it was a long uphill journey. But the Lord has been good to us. And I thank God. But what I had to learn is I, I had to stop demanding it. And I had to start obeying the commandment of the word. I had to stop demanding it. And I had to start living by the commandment of the word. I had to pray about it. I had to give it to God. I had to leave it there. I had to understand that this was something that he had to see for himself. Amen. Amen. You both had to. That's right. Listen. Because, honey, I love my mother-in-law. Lord knows I do. But that mother right there was not going to let go. <laughs> she was not going to let go. <laughs> She was not. She was not finna let go. And every now and then, you know, I I see it. But let me tell you something. My mother-in-law, we, me and her both, we have come a long way. I tell you, I love her 
And Lord knows I know she loves me. But we both can give our testimony concerning that thing. Because, honey, it was hard for her to let go of Christopher Holloway Sr. Do you hear me? It was the hardest thing. And no matter how much I would argue and fuss and fight and think and think and think, God had to show me. Hush. And that's what I just said earlier when I got started. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, there's a time to speak and there's a time to be quiet. There's a time to hold on and there's a time to let go. And I had to learn to trust God to the bitter end. Because again, it's not about you. It's not about him. It's all about God. Yes, <laughs> it's all about God. Amen. So I'm done. So I'm done. You have homework on tonight. Read Ruth chapter 1 verses 1 through 18. When we And if it's God's will, we'll be on here again on tomorrow at 6 o'clock. Amen. Amen. So I want you all to get it in. Amen. Get it in. This will be playing tomorrow at 6 p.m. So I still want you all to listen, listen, and follow along. Make sure you have your Bibles. Make sure you have your notebooks, your pens, taking notes, writing stuff down. You have questions, you can inbox me. You have prayer, you can inbox me. Whatever, however I'm able to help, I will do just that. Amen. So know that I love you all. I'm praying for you all. Um, continue to keep me encouraged. Continue to keep me uplifted before the Lord. Know that I love you, but God loves you more. And until tomorrow, if it's God's will, we'll be back to God's design for building your marriage. Y'all have a good night. And if it's God's will, I'll see you in the, in the evening. Not in the morning. In the evening. All right. All right. Bye.